mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello. Hi. Welcome to Don't Blame Me. Hi. An amazing podcast starring two people who definitely got so much sleep last night are uh-huh. feeling, first of all, Melissa's going to crash at some point. We don't know when it's going to happen. I have a thing to go to the night. So. No, I know. Um, This is going to be fun. I think you'll just get, de- I think you'll probably, it'll probably be good because I think you'll get to like the delirious loopy side before you like, like by the time that you're like going to your thing tonight. And I think you'll be able to ride that wave, but I am worried about your tomorrow. I was playing, I don't, Mm-hmm. Never mind. I used to not have things on Wednesday, but now we record Candace's yeah. podcast on Wednesday. So I was planning on doing some boxing before, and I probably won't. I wouldn't. 
Yep. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, uh-huh. we both independently for no reason. Nope, that's a lie. There is a reason. We both yeah, stayed we both up till 4 30 because we both fucked up. When did you fuck up your hair washing routine? I was planning to do it on Sunday. No, 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 no. I was, wait. No, the thing is, I had so much stuff to do this weekend. So Saturday, can I tell the story quick tell and it. Then we get back to it? Yeah. Okay. So Saturday, I went to this Dodgers game. Oh, yeah, I saw. Moss was jealous because he kept being like, Megan, we got to go to Dodgers game. And I was like, maybe. And then he saw you go. And then he was like, and I was like, well, there you go. It has some Melissa seal of approval. I guess I feel safe enough going. I have my mask on. Too. No, I saw. Yeah. So as I'm walking up, well, actually leaving my car, I have, I've left my car and I'm just like a row up as I'm walking to the stadium. I turn around and I see a man's penis. Oh, he, no. And he's peeing. Oh, okay. Like, but like between cars, but didn't open the car door. So it was blocking. Sure. Have you never peed on a and freeway overpass? And if I was a child, then you would have gotten a child sex offender mm-hmm. if they call the cops. Yeah. So for, this was just like... Upon arrival? Upon arrival. Upon arrival? Yes. Pee, like, I get the desperation. You're drunk afterwards and like you pee and like... But no, no, no. Like, it hasn't started. Yeah. The night is young. So then I get up to the stadium and I'm like, hey, I need to... my." what's the fastest way to get to like this because it says that mine is on the right side my interest is on the right side but like how far is that away from if I go because it looked like from the ticket I was like this is the left entrance and then if you're watching and then I was like I think it's just like around the corner yeah and the woman's like no you have to walk all the way around so I was like okay whatever so I get in line and I'm there and then I get up to the front and the guy's like your purse is too big and I didn't know that you have to have your purse a certain size. I haven't been to a Dodgers game in a long time. So certain sizes are clear, right? Or clear. And I didn't know that. And it was also a small purse. Yeah. Like it wasn't big. And I was like, God damn it. And so then I had to walk all the way back to my car, put my purse in, then get back up to the front and go inside. And we were on field level. And there's no signs telling how to get to the field level <laughs> in Dodger Stadium at all. I asked three people that worked there. No one knew. Oh, I was like, okay. What the? And then I finally asked a police officer and they oh. knew how to get down there. So I had to take the stairs down three levels, finally get there. Like, this is all, this is all taking me an extra hour. Oh my God. I would go home. <laughs> I really wanted to, but like I hadn't yeah, seen so, that friend yeah. in a year, over a year. And so I got inside. If if I wasn't seeing her, then I would have yeah. definitely. If you were meeting me there, would have been like, yeah, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. So I got inside and I get to where the seats are. And I like, I said, hey, I'm here. I waved to her. I said, I'm so hungry now because I've probably walked more than yeah. I have in weeks, <laughs> yeah. months. So I go get in line. I was like, all I want is a Dodger dog. dog. Mm-hmm. Garlic fries? They didn't have it in the area that I was in. So I wait in line for a long time because the line was extra long, of course. And it was in the pavilion area where they have like the different restaurants Mm -hmm. set up. So I go, by the time I get to the front of the line, order my Dodger dog. We're out of Dodge Dodger dogs. We don't have buns. You have one job. Oh, okay. Are you going to get it without a bun? Oh, Oh. I know. I I was planning this the whole day. I was like, I know that my stomach is going to be rock hard, but I'm fine. We don't have buns. Raw dog it. There was no sign up saying they didn't have any. They didn't announce it. And there was only one other food item on the thing, yeah. which was the nachos, which are disgusting. disgusting. 
They're like movie theater nachos. Yeah, exactly. And $20 because they're in that little mm-hmm. hat that, what am I going to do? Go to the bathroom and wash this out? Eat cereal out of it. So I get back to my seat, just devastated. Devastated. I was tired, cried. hungry. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah. And then after the game, I was like, okay, I have to walk all the way like around to this other side. By the time I walk around and I get back to the other side, I realized that it's the same gate that I was standing next to to begin with when I said bye to my friends. So that woman that had told me I had to walk around, I didn't have to. It was that gate. (laughs) It was just like a different angle so you couldn't see it. That's cruel. I'm still not done, though. Oh, my God. You had such a day. (laughs) So then I... Instagram really is a highlight reel. Yes. I I walk to... I get to my car. They have no one directing traffic to get out. No. That's not allowed. It takes me 45 minutes just to get out of my parking lot. Yeah. Oh, also, before I even got to my car, I made eye contact with the pee man again as I was walking to my car. Like, he was at his car where I saw him peeing. We made eye contact. It was awkward. Oh, God. I've seen your dick. Yeah. Then I get to the car and I sit there 45 minutes just to get out the parking spot. Another, like, 30 minutes. Well, while I'm sitting there, I get a notification that says spectrum there's an outage (laughs) at home so get excited to rush home without your fucking wi-fi exactly so it takes me an hour and a half to get once i get out the parking lot only takes me 20 minutes to get home yeah sitting there hour and a half get home spectrum's out i'm like i guess i'll go to sleep (laughs) nothing else to do because i can't watch tv (laughs) did you eat yes i did okay i did eat i did eat this story's making me hungry Okay, so three o'clock rolls around. I'm getting, I get hot as I usually do, but this is yeah. different because I had turned my air conditioner mm. like extra down. And I took a gummy earlier because I was like, I need to relax. This has been yeah, a stressful day. <laughs> took a gummy. Three o'clock, I hear this beep. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And then my lights all come on. So I guess the electricity had went out at some point in the night and that's why I was hot. <laughs> but since all my lights are hooked up to my Alexa, they flash because they have to reconnect to the Alexa. So every light that I have connected, so my bedroom light, office light, the lamp, and then the lamp that's in my living room, all flashing, and I'm high. (laughs) (laughs) This is awful. (laughs) This is the most awful story ever. So I have to get up delirious and then i had to pee so i had to go pee first while all this flashing is going on covering my covering my eyes hot because the air had been off and then i had to like i couldn't even say like alexa turn off all the lights wait alexa turn the light back on i couldn't say that because they had to reconnect to it oh my god (laughs) so i had to go light by light and turn everyone off while i'm delirious high and naked high and sweaty is like actually like like cruel Uh wow what a day so naturally you didn't wash your hair yes wow i'm so sorry yeah but i just want you to know you do you are contributing to toxic instagram culture because i see it i go look she had a lovely Uh day at the dodger game would have never known had to be truthful as tell my truth on the podcast yeah no you gotta you gotta and if you want to watch it you gotta pay for patreon wow Uh uh-huh Yeah, you have a much, much better excuse for throwing off your hair washing schedule. We usually both wash our hair on Sunday, not like Sunday, like Mm -hmm. evening-ish. 
because your hair takes for, like you go you wake up the next morning and it's still pretty yeah. damp and so I was like you know what I'm just gonna start doing that too because I was trying to do it earlier on Sunday but it, I, it wrecks my whole day because yeah. it makes me physically exhausted yeah. and I'm just so tired so I was like okay you go to sleep with your hair damp I'll go to sleep with my hair damp like I'll be fine and so Sundays is what I've usually been doing but I just I just haven't been it's just been like working to like what it really has been is Moss and I've been like doing stuff on the weekends and I usually need like energy to shower because then I need the energy to be depleted. Like I need energy to get depleted. Mm -hmm. But if I don't have any to start, then I'm like, I can't even do it. And so I've been doing it on Monday for the last couple of weeks and I did it on Monday again. And then the issue with Monday is I have the opposite of a case of the Mondays. I'm like a toxic Monday person where I'm like, Monday, I made my to-do list. Like we're getting stuff done because I've tried to like work, edit less on weekends, like to like kind of have some sort of schedule. It doesn't always happen. I did edit this weekend, but then I don't shower or get in the shower because I'd like to shower at night when Mats is home because if we'll something, something goes happens, wrong, yeah. I, he, so he's there and I shower with the door open. So when he gets home late and then I'm like, I'm going to shower after dinner because like if I shower when I'm hungry, then I'm definitely going to faint. And so then my ass was like, I'm going to get in the shower. At 11.45, my ass gets in the shower. PM. That's what time I did too. And we were up. Yeah, we were having parallel lives. I was watching yeah. NCIS. Yeah. And naturally, I'm not in bed until 1.30. And then I am just tossing and turning, mm -hmm. trying to fucking fall asleep until about 4.30 a.m. That's what exact time I went to sleep because I was like, it's too late now for me to take melatonin because yep. then I'll have the spins when I wake up. And so same story. It could have been like a in a movie, like a split screen where we're just like living the exact mm -hmm. same night. That's so funny. And Mots is always just like and like he can't get like <laughs> we had to have a conversation where I was like, you like can't like when I tell you, I'm like, you need to remind me to shower. I'm like, all you can do is remind me and you have to do it like completely neutrally. Like you can't make it seem like there's any like thing morally tied if I do or do not, because like I will have a meltdown. And he was like, why the fuck is that? And I was like, I feel like it's an ADHD thing. And I Google and there's literally these like literal like dissertations on like the moral qualms of showering and ADHD because it's like, this is so much energy and effort to do. But like, I ha if I don't do this, like I'm the worst. And I was like, so there's like, he only has like a small like thing of he things that I'm like, that you're allowed to say that will remind me, but not make me feel bad if I don't do it. But that in turn is like, yeah, I'm just going to shower this late at night. And I was like, this has to be the last one. I have to just do, my I have to get back to my Sunday. Yeah. Mine was, um, I was working on stuff, but then I was like, I have to eat. But then I was like, cause it takes me forever. Once I wash it, I need to twist it. And I was like, so like, I should listen to this pod like review this podcast while I'm twisting so then I'm like doing work while I'm doing it but then it just turned into I was too tired to do the work and I was like I'm gonna watch tv while I do it and then I was just up so. yep so that is the really long disclaimer that you have some two sleep deprived bitches here for you mm -hmm. to give you advice and just know that despite the fact that we are both sleep deprived it's going to be perfect, amazing, flawless, wonderful advice. Of course. Because we never don't deliver. Mm -hmm. We are constantly giving the most, doing the most, going above and beyond. Doing the most with the least. Uh, li that's literally my entire brand. Yeah. I used to say it was mommy blogger without kids. Doing the most with the least. Mm -hmm. And a lot of personality. If you are brand new here, welcome to Don't Blame Me. 
If you want to join our Patreon, you can see Melissa get startled by her own hiccup video version. This is an advice podcast where we give wonderful, amazing, life-changing advice. And you might be wondering, how are these two absolutely stunning visions, supermodels, stunners, business women, ethical billionaires, moguls, sex icons, how are they also fantastic evening advice? And that's because what we lack in credentials, we make up for in opinions. This is a call-in advice podcast, so in order for us to give you advice, you have to call in. And if you are in the United States, ha-ha, woo, things are going great here. You can give us a call at 310-694-0976. And international listeners, you can send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com. The requirements for both are the same. We ask that you are 18 or over, have your parents' permission. You write down everything before you call us to record. Write down all the details, include your age. It's all anonymous, so no names, but you can give fake names for people if that's helpful. If there's a lot of people in the story, it's also helpful for us because gotta follow along. Include your ages, if it's about a relationship, how long you've been together, all of like the most important details. Then pull out your phone, pull out an hourglass, something else that you use to measure time and time yourself because you only have three minutes. So if you're way under three minutes, we're like, okay, what other additional details can I include that they might have questions about? Especially if you've listened. I actually honestly would probably recommend listening to an, an, a previous like episode, like a call from a previous episode before you call in. Whether that's like a perfect, like wonderful call that you should emulate or you as a listener, what do you wish you had heard? Like what additional details do you want to have? So be the call you would like to see in the world. I was going to say that. I think we've said it before. Have we? I think so. Okay. Because it does make sense. It flowed so perfectly. Mm -hmm. If you have called for a previous episode and you have been on an episode and you want to give us an update, we would absolutely love that so much. So you can send us an email at meganpodcast at gmail.com. The three-minute mark for the calls as well as the voice memos is strict. You will get cut off in both instances. So make sure it's under three minutes and that's way longer than you think and it's three minutes from if you're leaving a voicemail from the beep and it's three minutes from the time you press like record if you are doing a voice memo yep we are also available on patreon if you want to watch the video version of the podcast we now have six tiers on patreon because we have them for this show and then our other show but am i wrong and the tiers are divided so you can watch the video version of this podcast you can also watch the video version of our other podcast and we also do live streams twice a month they're super fun. I feel like that's like a, one of my favorite things that we have like on our Patreon that we do that not, we're not like other podcasts that like not everybody else does. And it was something we started during the pandemic mm-hmm. and I love it. Like we, you we look forward to, we look forward to it. Like it's fun for us. We're also not the most social people in the pandemic, but we are at our core social people. Yeah. So it's a, if that describes you, or even if you're more of like a watcher, you don't have to participate, but it's like the perfect thing for extroverts with social anxiety, mental health issues, or a compromised immune system. So you can like have all of that fun, like social aspects that like, once you start going a lot, you catch up with people and you're like, oh my gosh, how like, oh, you got your hair done. That looks so cute. Like, oh, how did that job interview go? So it's like, not even just it's not like a first date you know what i mean yeah. mm-hmm. it's like a hangout yeah and i feel like we know like we know everybody that are regulars deeply. now yeah like deeply deeply and we hear like wonderful crazy stories we hear disturbing 
disgusting stories about poop. That one I will never be the same. I have twice forgot about them, and then y'all keep bringing them up. Never forgot. And I don't want to know. I drive in the car. person. And I think about it. I don't. And I hope that I forget about it again. Can I just give a tease to the people? Pool. Diarrhea. Contact lenses. I will never be the same. I will literally never fucking be the same. I have goosebumps. You, your hair is literally standing up on your arm. Now you can see it. Now, yeah. if only it did this when I was trying to fucking shave my legs. Well, you've got to get, like, scare yourself when you're shaving. But the your, issue like, is, is get wetness. a little wet. Yeah. Done. Yeah. It's like I've, I'm, like, glowing fur. I'm like a golden retriever. Except I'm bitchier than a golden retriever. Yeah. I don't think you have golden retriever energy. First of all, n- lar- offense to everybody, like, who, but, like, the whole thing of being like, oh, my God, I just want a boyfriend with golden retriever no, energy. No, I don't energetic and stupid loves you because he's too stupid to do any yeah because but it's not in a like a i love you so much way no offense to golden retrievers i think gold like i had a friend who had golden retriever like beautiful love them like the sweetest but like this is not like i want to be chosen i don't want you to love me because you're too stupid cat to know no see that's what that's what it sounds like to me no no because cats don't like and they choose they, no, no, they don't choose anything. They, they choose, they have to choose the themselves. Ones that love, like, that like to cuddle and shit. I don't know. Any cats like to cuddle. I do. That's scary. My cat that I used to live with. Ooh. Just come in my room, get on the bed, make their little. Is it? Is whatever it, they do. You know what cats I know, do? I don't like how, what people call that. I don't know what it is. It's too cutesy for me. Um, And then, like, nestle between, like. Is this the, all cats? I don't know. This, I've only lived with one cat. Okay. This is the cat that I have. I was about to say, with, like, except for these little strays that run around here. That no, they have made like a you home. too. Here's the thing, they, you, and they like me at the other. Let's place talk too. about this. You have achieved universally. I'm saying this now that I've seen one cat interact with you, and this one story of the other cat. You universally have achieved like undenying love from the two harshest critics of the entire world. Yeah, children. And cats. And cats. Remember my other apartment, too? That lady that, like, lived with me. Oh, an old... Oh. Uh, no, not lived with me, sorry. Lived in my complex, and she was vegan and wouldn't yeah. feed her cat the oh, food yeah. that the cat needed. And I didn't know. I thought it was a stray cat because it was just walking just real around skinny. and real skinny. So I started feeding it, and then she was like, thank you for... You have such a beautiful... She left a note on my... Door. So you hold have up. such a beautiful soul and, and I really old appreciate people. it but um my cat is vegan and i was like okay that's that's animal abuse <laughs> hot take it is yeah wait so no no you have actually achieved three three crotchety old people mm-hmm. children mm-hmm. of like and like children of like asshole ages mm-hmm. like just kids love you yeah and cats because i talk to children like they're adults and that's what they don't want to be talked to like children. Yeah, I am the opposite. I talk to children unintentionally like a Disney princess. And most of them t- tend to like it. Kids tend to like me. I will say my nephew, love him to death. He is starting to get into kind of that like little asshole stage where I'm like, please don't throw anything into this thing that I'm telling you not to like throw this thing into. And he just will look at me and like hold his hand out and smile. Oh, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, they do that. No, we're not going to do that, my guy. Or also, he has this thing now where he'll be playing with his toy and he'll will just like grab, like he's playing with it and then he will grab it and he'll look at me and he goes, mine, mine, you cannot yeah. play with it. And I go, I literally wasn't even reaching for it. Yeah. And he goes, no, 
Aunt Megan, and then we'll run to his dad and pick. Aunt Megan can't play with my toy. And I'm like, Aunt Megan was not even trying to play with your toy. Why are you riding me off? He's like, I didn't do. Like, you narc. Yep. He's so cute, though. He liked me the first time oh, I met him. That is the one that's like the Mots was like. Because <laughs> like he immediately, there was nobody he's ever done that with before. Like if if the grandparents had been there to see that, but like Mots was there being like, this fucking kid won't even do this to me. And he sees Melissa one time and he's I, I like. Played. I knew I knew what he was into. And oh, yeah. I waited for my moment. You secured the ball. Uh-huh. And then you were like, and he was like, we see each uh-huh. other. It was impressive. He's also at the age now where like he got his first haircut, but his hair's like, you know, growing faster. Oh, I'll show you. It's really cute. Uh-huh. And it's getting longer. And I was like the one where I was like, don't cut it. Don't cut it. And his mom was finally like, we're going to cut his hair. And I go, that's fine. Last time I saw him, like, you're right. Um, and she's like, it's just, you know, a little thin. So yeah. it's looking a little scraggly. But he's like at that age and he's always like run really hot. But he's like at that age where like his hair's growing really fast, but like it's still like relatively thin because he's a kid. A baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, but he like runs around all the time. So like he just always looks like I look at him and I go, You probably had the greatest day ever. Cause like his hair's kind of like stringy and like sweaty. And like his face is all flush and there's dirt everywhere. And like his hair just like it looks kind of like Dwight from the office where it's like deep side part. And I'm like, you had a good day, didn't you? Like you really like this is the this is what you we should all look like at the end of the day when you have a good day. I'm like yeah. that's so cute. He's adorable. Yeah, but he's about to get in that three eight three nager as they call it. Yeah, but it is cool as he gets older though. Like he will have now ongoing bits that like he starts that like we don't even start that he then is like rem- remembers and is like oh this is funny. He knows that like walruses he like likes to make walrus noises and he's very into walruses right now what kind of noises do walruses make it's a very specific noise and i like looked at his mom and she was like we looked it up i was like yeah because i was like what is that and she goes it is surprisingly accurate like that is what they make the sound they make it's kind of like a grunt but it's a little higher you nope it. and that's not happening why not because i don't even remember it that well hmm. but so he takes his veg <laughs> why don't you just call taylor up it's a tiktok audio from chris jenner uh, he takes his veggie sticks, like the veggie straws, and he puts them and the, like the between his teeth and his top lip, and just turns around and will like make walrus noises. And like that, he does that joke to like everybody that he sees because he knows that it kills. And I was like, "This is pretty good. I'm impressed by this. It's very cute." And I think he might want a walrus cake for his birthday. You He's not sure it? yet. Yeah, he He'll did probably change his mind three times. I know. He told me. He goes, "Are you having a walrus cake for your birthday?" And I was like, no. And he was like, you want a walrus cake for your birthday? And I was like, I don't think I do. And he goes, yeah, you do. And I was like, do you want a walrus cake for your birthday? He goes, yeah. And I was like, yeah, those aren't the same thing. He's got a few more months. We'll see where I he know. is. I wonder. I'm glad it's not. See- Last year, it was. I made the starfish cake, but it was between starfish and ceiling fan. And I was like, it kind of looks the same. So I think we'll be okay. <laughs> They do. So I was like, depending on how bad my starfish are, I'll just call them ceiling fans. And like, he'll be like, a ceiling fan cake. True, true, true. Yeah. Anyways, all of that, our very long intro aside, mm-hmm. we have an update. So we are just going to throw over to that. Well, first, thank you guys so much for your podcast. I love you both. I've been listening for a long time. <laughs> and you guys like get me through my mornings because I'm in a male-dominated career field. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. So the, the girl power in the morning is really helpful when I'm getting ready. But yes, I'm from... Season 10, episode 5. And I am the girl that called in because I dated someone and they made kind of a abusive comment to me. So we broke up. I gave them another chance. 
but then they've like not respected boundaries. There's some gaslighting and just like love bombing me mostly. So I wanted advice to know if like it was me because of my trauma that was the problem or if it was them as the problem. So going into like what happened since I called, because that was a little bit ago, I was still at school for a long time and this person continued to love bomb me. They kept pushing my boundaries. Um, they were being really oversexual when I told them not to be. I kept trying to break it off, but they would call me crying oh. and I would forgive them. And like, they would tell me I'm going to do better. And I tried to believe them, but when I got back from my training, they wanted to do like a weekend getaway with me. And I felt really uncomfortable because I just knew I was going to be put in a weird situation with them. So I'm like, how do I get out of this? Meanwhile, my job offered me to move to a position and another city that I've been trying to move to for a really long time. And they were basically like, you don't even have to interview. Like they want you there. Wow. Like the position's open. So I was offered that. And it was hard though, because I have also been wanting to like quit my job because of where I work, which if you saw my email, you know where I work currently and it's not always the healthiest. And they gave me a lot of trauma there. But I thought maybe if like I moved to this new place that I've been wanting to live at for a while, like maybe I could, you know, stick around and it would be good. So I tell this person, I'm moving and we're not going to work out and I'm not going to come on this weekend, get away with you. So I kind of had like an out, which was nice. But then they called me crying, like bawling on the phone. And they said to me, like, you don't like your job. Like, what are you doing? And tr basically, <laughs> this is what's funny. This was like a few weeks before I heard myself on your podcast and I received your guys's advice, which meant a lot to me. <laughs> but I told them, like, I set a really firm boundary on the phone. I'm like, I am not quitting my job. Like, I can't. It's not financially responsible to. Like, I need to have, like, a plan B before I do that. And also, this might be good for me. And this is what they said to me. Oh, God. They said, quit your job and move in with me. I would take you homeless. You don't even have to work. Like, and mind you, like, we don't know each other that, that well. And I kept saying, like, no. I like to be independent. Like, I don't want that for myself. Like, also in my head, I'm like, that's wild. A very wild idea. <laughs> and so anyway, I, I kept my boundaries, but I was just like, that is the craziest thing to like ever <laughs> say to someone. Sorry, not crazy, but wild. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that was when I really like knew how bad this person was and how unhealthy they are. And so I broke it off, broke it off and... They have been like texting me still. So I probably need to block them, but I have not been responding. And then I heard your podcast and I was like, oh my gosh, like I needed this validation. Like I needed this so bad. It was so helpful for me to finally like not only, you know, break it off, but like hold that. Yeah. After yeah. I heard what you guys said. So that's my update. 
Wow. Well, Melissa just found your email um, and then showed me. We're obviously not going to say it mm -hmm. here, but now I know yeah. your work, the field you work in, mm -hmm. and that offers a lot that does. of context and explanation to me. A why he probably singled you out and like targeted you, like you for this, because just by some of the nature of some of the relationships and why those lines might have been blurred for you in combination with like previous relationship trauma that like it makes a lot of like sense why mm -hmm. obviously like regardless of who this happens to like this is creepy and like horrific and shitty but I feel like I understand much more the uh internal questioning of like is this okay is this not like is this normal is this not mm -hmm. but wow that is like the number one abuse tactic is like isolating and like being like move in with me even if you don't have a job so like you don't even you have no contact with any like and it's financial yeah right oh my god like wow I could not believe when they said that like I could but I was like what like now you're using like my trauma that happened to me in my career field I like almost like to just manipulate me mm -hmm. at this point. And it just was like, okay, like, well, I get it. Yeah. Now. And it's like, I'm not, I'm othering myself from that while simultaneously like upholding some of those similar things. Like, it's just like, yeah. you're uh, birds of a feather. Like you can't claim to be like, oh no, you don't do this. That is toxic. That's bad for you. And it's like, but look at you. Like you're the epitome of that. And like choosing to not be with you and to like not do that. Like that's. I, I'm so glad that you like felt validated by what we said and like stood your ground for this. Cause like, that's really, 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 really hard. Like, especially when people like they call you crying and it feels like, if you listen, you've listened to this podcast for a while that the value that we have and our, we have and our audience has uh, on mental health. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times like narcissists, abusive, manipulative people will play into that like empathetic like I value your feelings and I value your mental health and then it becomes like oh I'm weaponizing that right. to then mm -hmm. further my like abuse or manipulation and it's just fucked yeah 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 wow have you moved yet no and that's I'm like there's so much going on and I have like I didn't have a long time to make decisions and now I'll be moving like September 1st. Wow. And I am, I'll give more context just because I'm not worried about this person anymore, like hearing this. So I live in Colorado and then, um, Melissa, I drove through what I think might be your home state. Cause I think you went and visited there. Arkansas. It was Arkansas. Yeah. yeah. Who picked so I drove through there. Yeah. What part, what part? Through the whole state. <laughs> um, cause I was going down to Mississippi. Okay. Well, I'm so happy for you that you also have like the boundary that you create, like the universe stepped in and was like, we're going to help you uphold that boundary, yeah. which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good timing on the podcast. I was, 100%. it was so, yeah. And when I heard my, I forgot because it had been like a while and like, I didn't expect you to play it because I kind of rambled. And then when I heard my voice, I was like, okay, oh my gosh, that's me. So it was very helpful. Uh, we're so glad and looking forward to happy, healthy, hopefully COVID negative and, yeah. you know, good relationships in like a new chapter. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so much. Thank I you. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. 
Absolutely. You guys have a great day. You You too. too. Bye. This is one of like, usually the updates that we have a lot of the time people like to call an update when it's like funny, like uplift, like this is like fun. Cause some of these things are hard to talk about, but A, I just want to like thank this caller so much for calling back and giving an update. And this is so good. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm glad that things align the way that they, they did. Mm -hmm. And now you're out of that situation. Yeah. Cause sometimes we like creating boundaries is like a huge task in itself. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with, and I think it's like, we need other forces, whether that's like people or situations to help us uphold our boundaries. And so I think that like, that's a really, you know, a good thing when that, when Mm -hmm. that happens. So happy that things are hopefully going to make a big turn and hope anyone who related to that call will also be setting those same boundaries. Same. Shall we get into the the meat and potatoes what is that saying from oh by the way another saying i don't understand the seven c's we have more than seven c's was that saying before pangea and also why do not more people have pangea in jokes because i think anytime you bring up pangea like fire i love pangea like i just think it's such a like it's not a niche reference but that makes it a niche reference because who's just all a part of this me why? Mesopotamia, Pangea. I love Mesopotamia, though. So I, I guess know. you could bring everything back to like was this because everyone's like, oh, before BC or like uh, what's AD, one? AD, and I'm like, no, 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 before Pangea or after Pangea. I think it's mostly because do you know Ebom's world, the like I think that's mm. where it came from. What about Mayans? How you feel about them? I like the Mayans. Here's the issue: Mayans came after Mesopotamia for me, yeah. and my brain was I was capped. I was done. I like achieved pure euphoria from learning about Mesopotamia that like there were other yeah, the Mayans. I was like, okay, interesting. I was really into this educational video. I had to look it up to remember the exact name. It is called The Voyage of the Mimi. I don't know if you it was probably real old by the time you were in school. It was already old when I was in school because a young child Ben Affleck started Hold up. What? <laughs> Wait, so this is like what was this be like would this be like a substitute teacher movie or is no, this like this a was teacher my teacher teacher movie? teacher who was didn't want it. this was in science class and for some reason she was teaching us about history and math and I just don't think that she wanted to teach. Well, so was it elementary school? I told you my No, el- it was junior high. Oh. I told you my elementary school teacher we didn't learn science because she was like I really don't love it. No, this was like that was her subject to teach. Oh, that's so it's alarming. This thing called the Voyage of the Mimi, and it depicted this crew exploring the oceans and taking senses of the humpback whales. Is it M I M I? Yeah. Oh, because I was kind of loving the idea that it was meme, but you just pronounced it Mimi, no. and then it could get misconstrued as like this is the journey of a meme. So they were searching for the lost Mayan cities, and then like taught you how to do the Mayan math. Oh. And during the class, I did not understand this Mayan math at all. At all. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't Where's the this. calculator yeah. function for Mayan yeah, math? Yeah. So then I used the internet and then found some like lessons on actually oh. how to do it and then learned it and then took a test. And then my teacher was like, we're not going to use this test. And I was like, you wasted my fucking, <laughs> Bitch. you wasted my time. Bitch, I, I took all, out of our office yeah. hours to learn this shit. Yeah. That's cruel. I remember teachers like, you would spend so much. It'd be like such like a useless thing. We had one like that where like the, the test was to teach us a lesson about something. Yeah. And then was like, 
I'm not going to use this. And I'm like, first of all, I cheated my ass off on this. And I would like some recognition because I know that I put in work so you didn't catch me. And the person I cheated off of, I would like to know if they were right. So if I can yeah. know I could cheat on them in other classes. But also like a lot of it would be memorization because like that's the stuff they're like, well, they're just teaching you that like, no, learning is actually about like ingesting information. I'm like, no, no, that's not how my brain works. I just need to memorize. What would you do this for? Yeah. Why would you do this to me? Yeah. I think about that teacher all the time. And I want revenge, but I don't remember her name. She's probably dead. You know, I was going to say, honest, she was I was like, then. yeah, if she's like really not, not into the science and she's like, we're going to be teaching, teaching my, yeah. 1980, when did this thing come out? Yeah. 1984 from the Baked Street College of Education. Yeah. I'm thinking she might yeah, she's, be dead. She's probably dead. I don't remember if we had any educational movie Spanish class. We would watch a lot of music videos after my favorite Spanish teacher left, Juanes. Photographia. I can still like sing almost all of it. I remember we watched some Schoolhouse Rock. Oh, Schoolhouse Rock is a classic. If you didn't watch that in school, that was like a, a substitute teacher thing yeah. in like elementary. Yeah, like elementary yeah. or middle school. And then Junction, Junction, what's your function? Mm -hmm. A bill on Capitol Hill. Yep. I don't remember much of I remember them, but I don't remember learning anything from them. And the only thing other movies I remember watching is every time we had a substitute teacher in high school always the number one movie they would just turn on regardless of the subject pe history math we're gonna watch gandhi and i was like you're fucking kidding me i've seen this movie there a were, thousand times there were two that we would watch black beauty which is i've heard about that the absolute most boring movie that ever existed or two the last of the mohicans where oh. daniel day lewis uh -oh. plays uh -oh. an indigenous uh -oh. person uh-oh. Yep. Also, it's very violent. It's not like we get the, the library edited version, but it was still some yeah. violence in there. Shall we take a break? Yeah. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Today's episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us you, our listeners, in the new year with protein and superfood rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time. And I just got my, I mean, I didn't just get my package. I just got a, a, a secondary of my package. And I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function there, it's like elixir from the gods. I cannot sing their praises enough, specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is delicious like it's it's so good i've even like had it on like ice and been like i'm drinking like a drink drink like you can throw a little straw in there and it's it's delicious it's so good and i just i love they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help if you're like me and you like you know medically need some electrolytes but also if you're working out if you're sweating hot summer day you're going to an amusement park you're on your feet for a long period of time all of that um most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need yeah i drink mine specifically when i am working out it's my beverage while I'm working out. I just take one stick of the hydrate, mix it in with my bottle of water. 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there. They also have the all-in-one shakes, which I absolutely love. I'm running low, so I got to get some more. But um, I love the chocolate bliss the vanilla cream the caramel sundae i have all three of those flavors sometimes i mix and match them sometimes i'll use it when i'm baking or i'll just drink it straight and it is they're so good they have a triplex protein blend plant-based proteins that include pea brown rice and pumpkin that makes it so delicious you can get fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy, delicious shake. And they also have three tins, four shake flavor starter kit, which lets you sample all the flavors for only $9. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code BLAMEME right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code blame me. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about book of the month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available and I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of 
getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like, you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is, it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress. And as well, there are reading challenges and rewards. And Book of the Month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next, which for me is like the biggest hurdle. I love when other people make choices for me, especially when they're good choices. And I'm like, cool, I can trust you. So each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from. All of the books are so good. You can't go wrong. And I mean that wholeheartedly. When we were picking like our selects for this, I was like, this, I like all of them. This is hard. And I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like, okay, so these are like my top ones. I'm assuming they will be yours. So don't pick the same one as me. So then we can swap afterwards. And that's what we did. So we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley. And we also received the return of Ellie Black by Yumiko Jean. The Ministry of Time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books, it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com and you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. And we are back from our break. And finally, after so much fanfare, are we ready to get into the calls? Hi, Megan and Melissa. I am a 21-year-old female and I use she, her pronouns. I'm calling in about a situation involving college housing and roommates. I'm sure you're thrilled. So here's the situation. Over the last year, until the end of May, I lived with four other people. I'm sorry if this gets confusing, but I'll try to explain it as simply as I can. Basically, the four of them lived in a rental house for the 2020 to 2021 school year with another roommate. And when she moved out for the 2021 to 2022 school year, they needed someone else to take her spot, which I took. My bedroom was the only one downstairs and had its own bathroom attached, and I paid more for the room. 
which isn't super important, but I'm just trying to give as much context as I can. The other four bedrooms were upstairs. Very quickly, it was clear to me that we had very different expectations for day-to-day life and just decent common respect, and it didn't take long before I became frustrated. They smoked inside of their rooms in the house all day long, would come home at 3 a.m. on school nights, screaming and blasting music, and just didn't really have respect for me or for our living space. All of that isn't completely relevant and is a story for another day, but I think it adds context. All of us moved out at the end of May to move home for the summer, though our lease ended July 31st. When I moved out in May, I deep cleaned my bedroom and bathroom, spackled any chips in the paint, deep cleaned the downstairs common areas, including the kitchen and living room, and made sure all of my belongings were removed. All of them planned and said that they would come back at the end of July to deep clean their rooms and empty their stuff out of the garage and basement. But tell me why on August 1st, a group chat with the five of us and the landlord starts being blown up with pictures of their rooms in the garage. The landlord clearly stated in the messages she was also sending that the downstairs bedroom was completely fine, the downstairs bedroom being my bedroom, and that there was nothing more than normal wear and tear. But all of the upstairs bedrooms needed new paint jobs and new rugs. Based on the pictures and videos that the landlord was sending, it was clear that it really was that bad. She also questioned in her messages if people had been smoking inside of the house. There were also piles and piles of trash and belongings left in the basement and garage. The landlord was clearly very upset and let us know that she would need to deduct a good amount from our security deposit to deal with the damages and trash removal. However, we all paid her in one check for monthly rent and security deposit. Because I paid more for my room, I included a larger portion of the rent and security deposit. My problem is that I am worried that my old roommates are going to try and take whatever amount of the security deposit is given back to us and split it five ways rather than giving me back my portion first if there is even that much left and that they are going to try to fight me for the money. I don't know what to do, but our landlord said she will get back to us with a list of deductions made and the reasons for them by the end of the month. So I'm just hoping for your advice on the situation. Thank you so much. I love you guys. Have a good one. Bye. Oh my God, that's hell. I had a roommate in college. We lived in a house and she she brought her dog there, even though we weren't supposed to have animals in there. And so she kept it hidden <laughs> upstairs in the bedroom with the door closed. And so the dog would paw at yeah. the door. And so then we had carpet in there. And so all the carpet came up and it smelled like piss, dog piss and mm-hmm. shit because she just let the dog pee and shit in her room and we were only living together during the summer the plan had been that my sister would move in Megan would move in Mm -hmm. like when the school year started because that friend actually had graduated and she was just staying in town for the summer and then she'd move out and then Megan would move in but it smells so bad and it was raggedy and I was like I have to get out of here And so we broke the lease. I mean, it's kind of easy in a college town because there's always people moving in and out. So they're like, okay, that's fine. When they did the inspection, I always, whenever I move somewhere, I always get hire somebody to come deep clean Mm -hmm. everything. I think I actually did it then. But also I didn't, we were there for three months. And so it wasn't, I didn't have any wear and tear in there at all. And we got charged for all that mess that was in her room. and. She was like, well, like we have to pay more because you're breaking the lease because you went against the plan. And I just think that we should just like split this. And I was like, the reason I'm moving out is because you did not keep this room the way that it should have been kept. One. And then two, this is because of your dog. Yeah. And she tried to turn it on me. And I was just like, no, 
as you can see, and so I laid out everything. I was like, all these charges are coming from your room. And so since they're coming from your room, then you need to pay it. And mm -hmm. I need to get part of the deposit back. And so that it was some like arguing and back and forth. But eventually that's just kind of how it ended. And so I feel the same way since the landlord didn't send pictures of your actual room. Legally, she can go after all of you because you're if you're all on the lease, then yes, then it's all of your responsibility for every room. But I would tell the roommates, you know, like she didn't send pictures back of my room. She, yeah, she explicitly pictures. said that my room was fine. Uh-huh. And then she didn't send pictures back of the common area that I cleaned. What's messed up is y'all's room. So y'all need to you i would ask the landlord how much each of these rooms like the the surcharge is going to be in each of these rooms and then specifically say i never i didn't live in those rooms and i think a lot of landlords the ones that aren't shitty are understanding mm -hmm. and they will say like okay then i'll just take it from theirs because that's not the room that you lived in the garage area is probably going to be a little bit more complicated to do because that is a common area. But their actual rooms, I don't think that if your landlady seems like a reasonable person, I think that you can just go directly to her and get it taken. Yeah, I, I think that too. I think you can literally just ask her and just be like, hey, so that my room was the one that you pointed out that's not that. Like, I'm these roommates are they're awful and they're horrible and, and they I'm, were smoking in yeah there. they were and like just rat on them yeah. like get your what is it be an informant like mm -hmm. take an informant deal and just be like I would be happy like I would actually phrase it like this I would be like so this room was my room and I know that you had some like questions about like what was going on there and I want to make sure that like my security deposit I paid more for my security deposit because I was also paying more in rent because my room was bigger and I, you know, I really took care of it. And I think that you can see that I really did like care about your place. So I would be happy to like share with you all the information that I know about what was going on in their rooms and like the potential damage that like, you know, cause sometimes you can see damage, but you're like, what did, what caused this? Mm -hmm. That can be helpful. And I would be happy to like, let you know that if I can have my security deposit back first, because I don't necessarily trust, but you can like literally be like, you saw how they treated that place. Like, yeah. I don't trust them to give me that money back. And like, I'm on your side here, but like, I like help me, I'll help you. Mm -hmm. And if she is like, no, I'm just going to like treat this as kind of a lump sum. You tell your roommates. I didn't do any of this shit. This was all you. I'm not paying this. I will take you to small claims court. Yeah. Because like th those are the options you have. Go Either to Judge Judy. She'll give you your money. She will. Mm -hmm. She will. You know that she was paying her bailiff $100 million an episode? That makes sense to me. But for some reason, he didn't come over to the new one. I don't think Judge Judy, who was insisting that man got a million dollars, was like out. Yeah. I, so I'm assuming it something. It was probably because she can't technically have the same exact show. So yeah. I wonder if they were like, we can't. And I wonder if she probably couldn't promise that same pay yeah. there. And then it's like, you've been working for so many years. Like, I'm you're sure probably fine. He can. Because they're not even in like LA or anything. No. Who? Judge, isn't it? Shot... It records down the street. Oh, I thought he was. I thought they were. I th Does she live here? Probably. Because oh. they record down. They literally For record, some reason, I thought um, it was someone. It was... I've seen people lining up outside and there's a little sign. Oh, fuck. You're right. I have seen that too. Yeah. Well. Anyways. Yeah, but it's in syndication so much. He doesn't have to That's work what I mean. another yeah. day in his life. He Especially probably, if he doesn't, uh, if he, he can probably like, 
if he wants to move out of LA, he can retire. Retire. Yes. I mean, he's got millions upon mm-hmm. millions, mm-hmm. unless he's just irresponsible with his money. But Which, he's still got millions yeah. coming in. You would hope. You would hope not. But he's still got millions coming in. Exactly. So. Fair. Those are your only two options, honestly. Like you're, it, you can't. There's no reasoning with your like roommates. It's just like those set firm boundaries, and it is a lot of like. I know this is a very confrontational thing. Like it's literally being like, hi, landlord, I would like to make an informant deal with you. And like, don't give her any information unless she gives you your security deposit back because she should do that. Yeah. Most laws (laughs) favor landlords like universally. And I know that you said you all paid it in kind of like a like lump sum and how it's divided up, but that's not necessarily legally binding and that she has to give it back that exact same way she doesn't even have to if there it's messed up she doesn't have to give anything back because she's gonna have to use that money to repair so that's why i would ask how much it is because if it's you're getting back like nothing then yeah because that's the other like the whole point of a security deposit is so that they can fix up things when it's in excess of the normal wear and tear and a security deposit doesn't cover individual rooms so if Mm -hmm. they fucked up their rooms let's say your security deposit was like five thousand dollars they four of them fucked up their rooms a thousand dollars each and the garage is fucked up a thousand dollars your room not being fucked up doesn't mean that you're going to get money back. Like they'll use that for wherever it needs. So I think like, yeah, you're right. Like the first thing being like, could you send me over like an itemized cost breakdown of how much like everything is like my room was the really clean one. So, you know, I'm obviously really hoping that my portion that I paid, I'm going to be given back, but I would just like to have an itemized Uh list to see this. Yeah. Because to be fair, like maybe it's within like the realm of like there's $150 and for a landlord who's like raking in money for them, that's like nothing. So they're not even going to bother reimbursing someone for Mm -hmm. that. But, you know, if knowing that someone wants to see how the cost is broken down, similar to like a hospital bill, you want to see how it's itemized because people tend to be more honest. But the last thing I will say is like having roommates, especially like this age and this many is always going to be a learning experience. And sometimes learning experiences are expensive. And sometimes they're expensive, like monetarily, sometimes they're expensive for your mental health. They're expensive in therapy that you have afterwards. But the good thing is, is it, they won't happen again. Like after you've, you've been through it, you, you didn't walk into it knowing that was going to happen. There's really nothing you can do to prevent shitty people from being shitty people. And you shouldn't treat everyone automatically like they're going to fuck you over. But once you've been fucked over now, you're not going to necessarily be bitter with every roommate that you have but what you'll probably do is you'll draw up a contract that's not just your lease agreement that's like we're paying x amount for this this and this and for security deposit this is how much the security deposit is this is how much each person paid from the security deposit if one person's room was not affected and is like completely fine but the rest of the house is trashed then my then the roommates owe that person money Mm -hmm. if they're using it so like that's the only thing that like you can do like moving forward to new places. But I think in general, and this is not, I am not a financial person, but I think of security deposits similarly to how I think about loaning people money. If you are counting and betting on getting your entire security deposit back, don't. Don't. You shouldn't ever think that you're getting it back. Assume it you're never like a, getting any of bonus. it back. Yeah. Like it shouldn't be the money that you need to finish a move. It shouldn't be the money you need to like, put in onto a down payment to like get out of someplace. Like just assume you're not going to get any of it back because most of the time landlords will just like, they're not, they will come up with reasons for the why they shouldn't give it any of it back. And then 
rightfully you should be getting it all back, but you will have to take them to small claims court or tell them you're going to and spend all of that time and energy. So it is not easy money. Like once you, once it's out of your hands, it's going to be hard to get back no matter what. So moving forward, I know it's hard to say that because like housing is so up in the air right now. And like, people are so fucked over with that. And so like, it is hard to say, like, don't count on that money, but just if you can create that separation in your mind next time when you're moving into a place that might help because I had to do that when I had someone living with me rent-free. It was supposed to be just a friend trying to find a place to like live. And I was like, oh, you can totally like crash me while you find a place. And then it was like, oh, you came with a moving truck. Like I thought you were like looking for a place to live and then you would move, not like move everything in here. And they were there for like, I think almost a full year and had dogs who wrecked everything, like absolutely everything. They were never home, would always be leaving their dogs there. And I had to pay the security deposit and my landlord, I like had been with another like another place, this landlord. So it's my, I've been with them for multiple places I've lived. And so they knew like the reasoning behind it, like why I was moving. Cause I'm I was like, I need to get out of they here. They didn't kick them out if they weren't on the lease. I mean, to be fair, I, I think I probably could have asked him to do it, but he was like, you're a great tenant. Like she sucks. And like, I don't want to make it weird for you, but I definitely probably should have asked him to do that. But I did that with that was my excuse when I was like moving upstairs was that I was like, oh, like because of how it was treated here, like he says, I can't like have anyone else on the lease, but I had to pay like a ton, a ton of money. And even then, like I was given like a bit of it, I was given some of it back because it was a massive security deposit. And I was given some of it back because we had like a good, like longstanding relationship. So if you have that with your landlord, like that is a good thing to foster and Also recognizing and knowing that what the damage someone else did does cost money and not downplaying that because that's like incredibly insulting to someone else's property, even though like fuck landlords, but like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, there's, there's a line you have to toe with being respectful yet firm and compassionate and personable without letting them see that as like, oh, I can completely take advantage of you. Yeah. So I'm sorry, this like really, really, really sucks. And it's like an expensive, expensive and like shitty lesson to learn where it's like, I didn't even necessarily need to learn this lesson, but it's kind of just, you're be hard pressed to find someone who doesn't have a story like this. Last thing I'll say is if you're in a situation like this, where you see that they're going to be regularly smoking all the time, I would have a service call. Oh yeah. And then the landlord will send someone out or if your landlord's the person that comes and fixes stuff then they'll come over and they will smell it. And then it would have nipped it in the bud earlier. Yeah. It's okay to rat on your roommates when your dollar is like also on the line. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point too. All right. Next call. Hi, Melissa and Megan. I, 30, she, her, have a friend. Let's call her Sarah, 28, she, her. Sarah and I worked together for the last six months. But I've known each other for nine years after working together at a previous job for seven years. Sarah's in a relationship with someone called Alice, 26, she, her. They've had an up and down relationship. They started out casually, went serious very fast and became quite toxic for one another. This included fights almost every other day, extreme jealousy, gatherings, lack of trust when the other isn't responding and more. They broke up about six months into their relationship. They stayed separated for about a month. Still in contact, but very negative contact. Drunk calls, I hate you, I hope we never talk again, things like this. They started hanging out again for the last two months, Sarah's words. 
Sarah has been quite distant and cold from myself and many other mutual friends and colleagues the last two months. Many of us have tried to check in with her, but only got one sentence responses or just a thanks. We figured she was going through a rough patch and gave her a space knowing she would reconnect when she had the ability to do so. About a month ago, Sarah asked me a question about a mutual friend. I asked her, have you asked them? As it wasn't my info to share. Sarah flipped out on me and said her being mad had nothing to do with me not sharing the info about the mutual friend, but me making her feel like an idiot when she asked me questions. I apologized that I made her feel that way, asked what I could do or if there was an example that she could give so I could understand how I can change to stop her feeling that way. She blew me off, said we were totally fine. It was an issue not to worry about it. I asked her once more that I would like to talk about it and try and fix this issue as our relationship is important to me, but no response. Three days ago, she is suddenly acting like herself. Coldness gone, not just to me, but to friends and colleagues too. I'm getting married in three months and I'm sending out invites at the moment. Sarah received a save the date six months ago. When I mentioned this to a group of friends, including Sarah, she pulled me aside and goes, I've been meaning to ask, can Alice come along? I shared with her I wasn't sure. I needed to talk to my partner and that I was hesitant due to the toxicity and drama their relationship usually has brought to events in the past. Sarah shared she understood me feeling that way and they were doing really well. They have lots of events coming up together and it's not like it was before. I haven't seen them together since they got back together, so I'm not sure if this is true and if I can trust what she says. Plus, she's barely spoken to me for the last month at this point. For context, everyone else has their partner invited to the wedding, provided me and my fiancé know them, which is the case for Sarah and Alice. I'm worried if I say no, it'll affect our friendship, which is already slightly rocky due to her flipping out on me a month ago. And if I say yes, it might bring unwanted drama to my wedding. So do I invite her partner? Is she in the wrong for even asking me to invite her? Do I bring up the past month of silence before making a decision? Or do I let this go? I really don't know what to do. I feel really stuck. Please help. Thank you. Bye. I said don't invite either of them. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah. You just like, I don't think it's rude of her to ask. I think it's... (laughs) I don't think it's rude of her to ask. I think it's like a little a little delusional in the sense that like, if this has been like a, you know, fighting at events and that kind of thing, I just think like, it's a little, like, I don't, again, I don't think it's rude because everyone else has their partner there, but like, it is a little like, do you have like selective amnesia for like how this, how your relationship has been in public and like, what? But also you're barely talking to her as it is. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's just kind of like that. It's just, it's just odd. The thing is, is that like, you're right in the sense that like, okay, if I don't invite her, that will that affect our friendship? Yes. Yes. If I do invite her, will that cause drama? Yes. yes. Like both of those things are true. And so you just have to decide what is like the reality that you can live with and like what will be less like I think like in making any decision, I'm like, I have to value what is going to be not only what will make me feel better in the moment, but like my more likely will value what makes me feel better in like a month's time. And then like a year's time. And then a couple years after that, like I need to like the decisions I'm making, I'm not making for momentary satisfaction or like happiness, thinking it through. So you don't invite her. It affects your friendship. To be fair, this friendship seems like it's already been affected. Exactly. You do invite her. There's like, there's potentially drama. And then if there's drama, your friendship is affected and you're no longer friends. So it does kind of seem like the same means to an end. The only thing I will say is there's always drama at a wedding. And most of the time, the people getting married are the people who do not know about it. So like you can be shielded and protected from 
the majority of the drama of your at your wedding, but then you have to have a conversation with your friends of being like, hey, if drama happens here, I don't want to hear anything about it. Like, I don't want to blah, 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 blah. But like, do you want this friendship to go out with a bang? Or do you want it to not? Because I think inevitably, it's probably going to end like if you don't invite her. But then I also think like if you do, and she her goes, as in the girlfriend or her as in the friend? The, the girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I think your friendship will end in that moment if you don't invite her because I don't think she'll probably come to the wedding and I think it'll be bad. And even if she comes solo, like might be like so mad and then create solo drama because like acting out because like didn't get invited or you do invite them. And like, let's say like it all goes perfectly well and it's like amazing and great. What's like the risk you're willing to take on it? Here's my thing. At your wedding, you should have people there that you want there and are fighting for you, not people that are showing up to show out. And I feel like this person wants to show up with their plus one to show out because that's all that they've been doing. So you had already sent out the invitations and the saved the date six months ago. There was no, if you didn't put a plus one on there, then you can say this is not included in the initial head count. Maybe if someone drops out, I might be able to invite them, invite your girl, whatever, current girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, whatever y'all are right now. But it could be where by the time your wedding rolls around, they're not together anymore because they are toxic and don't need there. But I personally wouldn't want that toxicity that I know and I can prevent at my wedding. Yeah, I agree with that. I think also if this, because this is a toxic relationship, I don't think that, like you said, like wedding comes around and like they're not in a good place, but she's already invited her girlfriend and her girlfriend's like, no, I'm going to come. And it's like, well, no, I don't also don't want to put my friend. If you're finally able to get out of this toxic relationship, I don't want to put you in a position where you feel like you don't have any agency in this. So like, I agree. I think it's just, hey, we did the head count. We like, I looked over all of the budgets and like, we how weddings go like we invited more people than we assume that people are less people are going to RSVP we actually had more people RSVP we've you can like fudge and lie yeah. just like we've already extended everything and like we just like don't have any more room like I'm totally sorry and then I would say I completely understand if it is uncomfortable for you to be at a wedding where like and it seems like what you've said like all of your other friends like are bringing a plus one because they know each other like you know both of them and say like, if you were like, assuming she's the only person at the table who's doesn't have a plus one. I know that like, I can totally see how if you were the only person who doesn't have like a partner there, that that would feel uncomfortable. So like, if you want to resend, like retract your RSVP and not like RSVP and not come like, I completely get that I don't want you to suffer through like the evening, because like, you're not going to have a good time. I don't want that at all. If this had been in like, just lying, like if, if the circumstances had been different, and like, you know, could have had a plus one, like that would have changed. But just know that I can't give her a plus one, but no hard feelings if that means you don't want to come. Yeah. And then you have to mean that though. Yep. But also y'all aren't even friends at this point. No. And your coworkers. And I think that there's just like a li- something that gets a little bit dicey, especially being so invested in your coworkers, like personal lives and like their toxic relationships. I think like it's good to be like wary of it, but I don't know, that kind of drama that's not even workplace related drama then like infiltrates into like your workplace. And like, yeah. it can just kind of create not the greatest environment. And it just feels like a, you might be a little too intertwined and your friend, like the whole thing might be, be, be just a little 
too intertwined. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I always think if you think a friendship is going to end because you don't invite them to your wedding for like a very legitimate reason, you don't uninvite someone to your wedding without having a huge reason. Or I think if you're having a small ass wedding and you're like, I can't invite someone and that person's like, okay, we're not friends anymore. Like that friendship was always going to end. Yep. It just needed a little bit of like the the fire under its ass that was inevitably going to come after years, but it just happened to be a little bit quicker. Mm -hmm. Don't invite people to your wedding that you don't like. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.
back again, again, again. Roll the tapes. Hi, Megan and Melissa. First of all, I've been listening to the podcast since episode one, and it is one of my favorite things about Mondays. Anyway, so the advice that I need has to do with my ex-boyfriend. So this past weekend, I was in Las Vegas, had my phone, 5G the whole time. We were good. Woke up Sunday morning to no service. I thought it was weird. It happened before, you know, iPhones are kind of crazy. So I, you know, didn't really know what was going on. Drive a bunch of hours home. By the time I get home, it's still going on. So I have to go to the cell phone store. And they were still open, thankfully. Probably should have mentioned I was still on my ex-boyfriend's cell phone plan. Now, I know that sounds kind of crazy. We've been broken up for almost nine months. But we did talk about it. He was actually the one who insisted on me keeping my phone because it was a gift for my college graduation. So he had insisted on me keeping it. He wanted to pay it off. And I was just paying him monthly for the service, um, which I had been doing. So when I go to AT&T to ask them why my phone isn't working, they told me that I had been taken off his plan. So my question is I ended up having to, I couldn't even keep my previous phone or phone number that was under his plan because I wasn't like an authorized user on it. So I'd get my new number, my new phone, everything that day. But I'm at the point where I have this phone that is the one that's on his plan, I don't, I guess. Um, I don't know if it's paid off. I don't know what's up with it. Either way, I didn't pay for it. So I don't really feel right keeping it. And I don't need to keep it. So we do still live in the same town. And I'm trying to decide, do I ship the phone back to him? Maybe put a little handwritten note like, hey, you know, AT&T told me that I was taken off your plan here's the phone. I'm, if that is what happened, now AT&T couldn't confirm it because they couldn't go into his profile without him there. But, you know, they're pretty sure that's what happened. So do I do that? Do I send the phone with no note? I thought about texting him or emailing him, but then I'm like, do I want him to have my new phone number if that is what happened? Because it's pretty shady. Keep in mind, we had just talked two months ago about the whole situation of him wanting to keep the phone. You know, I told him I'd probably go on my own plan at the end of this year, and if there was a balance remaining, I would pay it, things like that. So we totally had, like, a non-messy breakup. It really wasn't a big deal. So, yeah, what would you guys do in this situation? I'm just trying to figure out what I should do. Um, I'm 24. She, her. He is, I don't know, 26 or 27. He, him. Yeah, would love to hear your guys' advice because I'm not really sure what to do. I'm so sorry. You didn't call him immediately? When, right. when you got to AT&T, to pull up the contact from your phone be like, hi, can I use the landline or some other right. phone here? Because if it was that amicable of a separation, then you calling him wouldn't have been that big of a deal. Like it would have been an accident. Like I feel yeah. like you're operating on this, that this was like obviously an intentional Yeah, you're really, thing. seems like something's missing from this story, but... It was a gift. I would keep it or sell it. Oh, without a doubt. Do yeah. not give you the, not give the phone gift back. back. You don't give back gifts. That's bad luck. I don't know if it's bad luck, but it seems like bad luck. But this whole situation, I think he got a girlfriend. Me too. And girlfriend saw that old girlfriend was still on the phone bill and was like, what the fuck is this? And then he had to kick you off real quick. You, but I was going to say, you know what my other theory was? Yeah. Uh, his parents pay for his credit card bill. Uh, and they were like, what is As a 27 this year old, charge for? You're right. Are you kidding? You're right. <laughs> I'm like, I if if it's it, that and, um, you know, like they were like, what is this charge for? Mm-hmm. Huh? 
because it it's easy to kind of like mask that when you're on a plan with him and it's like, oh, your monthly is increasing, but this is already a bill that we're paying. Right. And then maybe it was like, a, we're starting to see maybe he got a new phone or a new upgrade and they're like actually paying attention to the cost breakdown. But I think it is either he was not paying his own credit card bills or got a girlfriend. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the thing I will say though is you've already bought a new phone, you got a new number and everything. So at this point, I don't actually think there's any reason in contacting him and being no. like, hey, like, I think what you should have done if we could go back in time, I would go back in time and be like, hey, does something happen? Because it honestly, it literally could have been that his credit card expired and he like got a new credit card and like the automatic payment wasn't on that or like, and he auto did his thing. Like it could have been like so but many they flukes. Said that he took her off the plane but they couldn't they said they, they couldn't confirm it. it but that's i think but they can't the thing is they can see it they just couldn't tell her exactly what happened so like they knew if mm-hmm. the account was still active they knew they Dude, just couldn't imagine tell the her. tea and like the messy shit that like yeah. at&t and like verizon workers have and they're like sorry ma'am your husband's mistress is also on this phone yeah. plan i mean i think that there's also a reason why you didn't think it was a mix-up like why mm-hmm. you just bought a new phone and like you didn't call That's him like i think there's something missing from this little story here <sighs> maybe she doesn't even know maybe yeah so i mean don't keep the phone it was a gift but like also but if they ended amicably like she doesn't want him to have her new number and well because you're feeling too, offended but she was too like i don't know something to not call him and say what's up i get it in the sense that like no matter how amicably I ended, if an AT&T worker told me like, oh, I think they took you off of this. Like that is like a big move. A in the face. Yeah. And in the sense that of being like, well, I don't want to call you to look like I need you. Like, yeah. fuck you. Like I can do this all on my own. Like I'm going to pretend like this isn't even on my radar. Like this doesn't even affect me in that sense. True. Like I get that part of it, but this phone was a gift mm-hmm. and I don't know. You said that you talked two months ago. I don't know if you talked in text messages or if it was on the phone. If it's in text messages, you have in writing that this phone was a gift. You know, unless he like starts trying to like sue you for the phone, like give the phone back. But I would just keep the phone. It's still, you said, under his family plan. So like the service stopped working. But is it under your own iCloud? It's paid off. No, she's not sure if it's paid off. Oh, well. My unethical advice is if, it's on your iCloud still, I would probably, I would just like wipe it. Yeah. Take the SIM card out. If it has a SIM card. Yeah. And then if you're, I, <laughs> this is like so unethical. If you're going to sell the iPhone, I would sell it on Facebook marketplace and I would do it for cash and I would delete the listing afterwards and do it all from like a private browser. So it can't be traced back to you. But that's can still be unethical. Traced. No, and there's a there is a large risk there. But like if you want to sell it, like your options are either keeping it, selling it, or giving it back to him. If you do want to sell it, there is a risk there because it is tied to a like it's a lease. Like it's a that's, lease and a contract. Yeah, that's to him. why I think that the phone's paid off because they would have asked for the phone back. They just couldn't say oh it my God. because they couldn't say it. But the phone's paid off because they would have asked for it back. Cracked the code. You're right. Cause it's like it's a lease, it's like a lease yeah. on a car. And so if you you they wouldn't let you drive off the lot with a car if it yeah. wasn't paid off. Oh. Okay. So you don't have to be sketchy yeah. about selling it. You can just sell it. 
I might in general, you know, still do it for cash and Facebook marketplace and delete the listing afterwards. But still, like, you're right. It hasn't paid off. But no, it was a gift. Mm -hmm. And if it was a fuck up, he would have known because his bill would have gone down monthly. And if he then is like, oh, my, like, where's this phone? I want it back. And it's like, well, you intentionally took this off here. And I've been paying the bill on it every month. Yeah. And like you stopped paying him for the bills. Like this feels all like a passive aggressive means of communication. And if he wants it back, that's his bad. Yep. Can you imagine though waking up Sunday morning, Vegas? In Vegas. Phone doesn't work. And then you have to drive all the way back. I'm assuming someone else drove. I would have stopped in Vegas at the AT&T in Vegas before. Me too. But I'm assuming that you were with somebody who had a phone that worked. Yeah. But that's still too scary because Vegas. That's a When you wake up from Vegas. It's like you're waking out of like you like six feet I under. I'm up. taking dirt out of like my how eyes. I woke up on Saturday when all my lights no, are flashing. Do you know the amount of times that I've gone to Vegas where like I didn't even go to sleep and our I've, I'm a very strict person about DDs and ha- we had a DD who had been like sleeping and I just naturally it's Vegas so I'm wired did not go to bed and I like look over at them and they're like you know basically like kind of awake still. Were you like six deep in a room too? Yeah. Yep. And I look over at one of my friends and she probably like slept for like three or four hours or something, but like, you know, didn't drink, was sober and does not need a lot of sleep. And I like look over my eyes or wait, my eyes are open and I'm like, do you want to leave now? It's like 4.30 in the morning, maybe 5 a.m. And she was like, yeah, let's go. And we just- Traffic is yep, cleared out. Coasted. Move. Yep. Coasted. And then Lily was in a car like at- so much later. I can't even imagine. All right. It's time for Don't Blame Them. There we go. Coco, don't cut that out. <laughs> Why would you cut it out? That's exactly what we meant to say. This is Don't Blame Them. This is where this is where a listener will call in with their own advice pertaining to a call that we had on a previous episode. So maybe they have personal experience. They have some additional insight, whether it's, you know, again, personal or through their work or if they've, uh, you get what I'm saying. They have opinions. They got it. Or they have opinions. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I am just calling in for a Don't Blame Them. This is for the episode that aired a couple weeks ago titled Boyfriend Won't Get High School Diploma. This is for the caller who is moving and didn't feel supported by her friend in the move. So I think a big issue here that could be addressed is feelings of FOMO or jealousy on the friend's part, because there's this idea that the caller could be having a lot of new or more exciting, quote unquote, experiences in her new city. And the friend might feel like she's going to miss out and have the less cool experience. So I think something that would be a good idea here is making a plan that involves an activity that celebrates both sides of this. So, for example, me and my two best friends from college are all splitting up for this past this next year. Two of us have moved out of our college town and one of us is staying there. So we've discussed a couple of options to stay in touch and kind of engage everybody. So the friend that's staying in the college town suggested we start a shared journal that gets mailed between the three of us. And each time we receive it, we add a little bit to it each time. And you get to just share whatever you're feeling, make an art piece, just add to it and send it on to the next friend. In our case, it's a triangle, but potentially for the caller, it would just be back and forth. And we also thought of the idea of creating one of those group Instagram accounts where it's just kind of like a shared photo album, highlight reel for everybody. And 
everybody gets to contribute to it. We like these because they include everybody's experiences. So it's not necessarily like one person is having the like fun, new and different experience. Everybody is engaging and regardless of whether they moved or have the same experiences they were before, they still get to celebrate those in the same way. So I think that something like this could be helpful for the caller if she does want to maintain this friendship and keep engaged with the friend. If you don't want to maintain the friendship, moving is a great way to ghost people. But if you do, I recommend an activity like this where it um, allows her to feel like she gets to share some of her own experiences because you don't want the conversation to be dominated by everything that you are feeling that is new and fresh and exciting. All right. Hope that helps. Thank you. Is that how those traveling pants worked? I was literally about to be like, or you could buy a pair of jeans that fits everybody and you pass them around. And can we also just talk about like the different, like you've never seen it, but the coming of age of like some of them, like, first of all, one person like fucks for the first time and like someone else is like, oh yeah, like I'm in Greece. And other people are like, yeah, I'm in like a film camp. Like, it's just one of those things that like, I don't know. I don't feel like the exciting experiences that happened in the pants were evenly spread out. And I feel like if Wait, the pants fucked in the pants. No, but like, oh, you know, the, the pants were taken off to fuck. That's disgusting. This is what I'm saying, though. But the, those pants. I hate these pants. If I those pants could talk, movie. if those, those pants, pants could talk, those pants would be like, I am tired because they got, put me away. About how your friend got wet in those pants. Exactly. The and they fucked. And you mean to tell me I got to go play soccer in these pants? I got to go to film class in these pants? What the fuck did Carmen do in the movie? I like cannot remember. So Lena went to Greece. Also, these pants are like, someone washed me. Like, I am salty. Like, I've been everywhere. And who's paying for the postage of this? Like, these pants are tired. These pants are working a full-time job. Maybe that's, like, the what we need to do is, like, the, the next for iteration of Sister of the Traveling Pants. It's from the pants perspective. Oh, that's gross. I didn't even know who all was in this movie. Carmen. Interesting. We've got America. I know. She plays Carmen. We've got that girl from that show you watch. Right? That's her. What? Yeah. Oh, no, wait. Tibby doesn't go to Rory. film school in the first one. Then we've got the original Emily Quartermain from General Hospital. And then Blake Lively. Yeah. No, there's like, first of all, there's sex in these pants. You're with someone when someone dies. Like, it's no. just like a lot. What is no. Carmen? Carmen's visiting her father in South Carolina. Tibby's staying home. Film school's not the first one. Okay. Yeah. Tibby's is like sad. Like, so do you mean to tell me that Lena gets to go to Greece and Tibby meets a child with cancer. And like the pants are like, cut Tibby a break. Who's Tibby? Uh, oh, Amber, Amber Tamblyn. Original Emily Quartermain. Oh, there we go. Uh, so then Carmen. Yeah, Carmen has another. They're blonde, waspy, and they emotionally neglect her because she's overweight. And these are the terms there. Overweight and Puerto Rican. Oh my God. And they're getting married. And like, she, it's just, yeah, she has a traumatic summer. Okay. I mean, Bridget also has, I'm not going to lie. Bridget also has like a, from the outside, a wonderful, amazing experience. But like, girl's got some demons. She's dealing with some shit. Lena, no. Lena literally got to have the summer of everyone's lives. And they're all just there being like, these are my trauma pants. And she's like, these are my grease pants. <laughs> Anyways, that is it for our episode. We hope you enjoyed. Please give us a call. Leave some voicemails. We are... Not to sound like we are scrounging and scraping to get calls on this show. We're not. We are just trying to have quality. 
I wasn't going to say that. That was That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> I mean, she said the quiet part out loud. <laughs> I was going to say we want to make sure that they are different than other calls we've had. So we've had a lot. Like, let me give an example. It's people who are like losing a spark in a relationship and then breaking up and then getting back together. Do we give it a second try? Like we've done so many of those. I think it's even one of the titles of like an episode. So we don't want to do, you know, something like that. Some things that we're like really like not qualified for anything that has to do with like suicidal ideation. Like those are things that we are not, we don't have like a, the, I don't have the, we, I can speak for myself. I don't have the bandwidth. I don't have the emotional bandwidth to deal with it, but I also don't have like the resources to be able to respond in a way that is helpful to you and not harmful to me. Yeah. And so we got a DM with something that, they did put a trigger warning on it at the top. And so I didn't read all the message. But like, if you feel like that you or you want to send something that you know is going to have a trigger warning, maybe just like send, hey, I want to, first of all, we don't answer questions in DMs anyway. Mm-hmm. But like, say like, I have something that the trigger warning is this before you type out the message. Because like, it might be like, I see the initial message and then Megan opens the message later and didn't see the trigger warning. Yeah. And so please don't send that kind of stuff to us. Yeah. If you're in our Facebook group, we have like a very like specific format about how trigger warnings are like used and also trigger warnings don't, they're not like a catch all for like just Mm -hmm. saying anything. And we've had calls on the podcast that like we have, we've issued trigger warnings, callers have issued trigger warnings. It's important to state what the trigger warning is for. But then also knowing that like, if your entire call is about something like really, really, really traumatic and intense, and it's something that you don't feel comfortable talking to your therapist about, we're, we're not the right people. No, we're and not like, equipped for that. And we both have our own things yeah. going on and it's a lot to take on. Yeah. And we're just not qualified to take mm-hmm. it on. And like why therapists are qualified to take it on. Some therapists suck, but like why they're qualified to take it on is because they can deliver like the resources to you. They actually have like a code of ethics. So like if you are in danger, they have resources of how they can help you. But then they also go through immense amounts of schooling to like not take it on personally. So that's something that we have. And just knowing that like we want to uh, we want to address like real life things on the show, but also recognizing if this wasn't your call if you wouldn't listen to it because it would be triggering, that is something we want to like keep in mind for the audience as well. We've had calls again where people have been like, how I'm behaving in this relationship is because like I have a past traumatic thing that happened in my life. And that is like the, the most that it gets into those things. But other than that, we're so happy that you feel like a, this podcast is a safe place. And like, to be fair, like our voicemail, like if you're going to call in for that, like just don't take it personally that we're not including that. Like if it's cathartic for you to call in, like call in, but like just know that we can't, if you're calling in with something really traumatic and we're not answering on the podcast, please just reach out to somebody who's more qualified because we're not. And like, I don't want you to wait around hoping and thinking that we're going to be able to address it. We're not. And we can always, we can, we can't make it better, but we can always inadvertently accidentally make it worse. And that's never the goal, especially with like having a platform like this. So all that being said, we want to have calls that are a mix of like, you know, serious things that people are going through, like funny things, like hearted things. But the podcast also isn't like so 
immediately you call and you're getting this advice on here and like this Mm -hmm. is happening in like a really like quick kind of turnaround sort of way that it's also important that we're not your for something serious we're not your first call and your only call yeah you know so what happened to fucking in a barn what happened to any of that stuff so give us a call ring-a-ding-ding and leave a review if you haven't yet or if you have already go update your review tell your friends to listen recommend an episode to your friend recommend an episode to a sibling a a romantic partner a sexual partner recommend the podcast to your enemy maybe you'll become friends recommend this podcast to your tiktok audience recommend this podcast to your teacher thank you for all that but there's no no new one to your pets (laughs) and we will see you all next time goodbye goodbye don't blame me is a production by me executive produced by melissa demonts and diamond imprint productions edited by coco lawrence post-production sound by chris henry Production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. Music by Ryan Hunter and Giacomo Picasso.